So we are going to be focusing today on um, Jesus, our healer. And as I thought about that throughout the week, there's a lot of different ways I could have taken it, but I decided to start in the beginning and really give you a good theological basis for why we should pray for healing for other people. And we have the privilege today to pray for our beloved Pastor Paul, who is standing in the need of healing, right? And um, if you um, turn to your, your passage, your scriptures, I'm going to um, pray through our scripture from last month as we begin. So pray with me these words. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness so that we can with reverence serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. Discovery Church, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. For he himself will redeem us from all our sins. So we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you that you hear us as we wait and as we watch and as we hope and even as we cry out to you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you for this morning, that for each and every one who you've gathered here together. We thank you that we are here in your midst that your presence is here. What a beautiful gift. We thank you, Lord, that we can come and gather in your presence with your people. We pray that as, um, as the word goes forth, Lord, that you will speak clearly to us. Lord, I pray that our spiritual ears and eyes and hearts will be awakened will be sensitive to your voice. Lord, um, I don't even want to stand up here and start speaking without asking you that you would take these words and ignite them and use them for your glory, your power. May we all um, know you better because we were here today. May we all draw close to you, our beautiful Savior. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so I'm going to begin by bringing the topic of um, sickness and healing into this great big picture, okay? So we're going to start with the big picture and hone it down a little bit. So we will explore the Father's heart, his intention for us through creation, way in the beginning, all through the scriptures, um, the fall, his redemption for mankind, and his return again. So we'll start in the very beginning at Genesis 1, 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and we know that they were perfect, right? They were good, he says, his very words. In Genesis 1, 26 through 27, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. He created us perfect, whole, with no sickness, no disease. His intention, his reason for creating us was to, um, to be good, to be in his image, to be like God. But then we know something bad happened in the garden and God's original intent for humans to live in purity, holiness, and perfect health has been compromised by Adam and Eve's decision to give in to temptation in the garden and to choose sin. So sin now mars God's beautiful, perfect creation. Humans now physically, emotionally, spiritually, and relationally suffer because of sin and because of Satan. Immediately, the intimate relationship with God and humanity is broken. There enters into the world things like shame, guilt, curses, sickness, and even death. Sin's curse has the consequence of physical pain. We, we read about um, Eve being told, you will bear children and give birth in pain. Cursed is the ground and hard labor, Adam is told. And even physical death when um, Cain uh, and Abel that whole situation of anger and evil and death. Through sin, the perfect image of God in us was corrupted, and our ability to exercise dominion over the earth was now tainted. Because of the fall, we now live in a sin-filled world, and the reality of sickness and suffering is our consequence. Our whole being suffers because of the reality of sin in this world. Our souls and our bodies suffer because of our sinful choices, because of generational sin, because sin is an open door to the oppression of the devil. But we know there's more, right? God, in his infinite wisdom and deep love for humankind, sent his son Jesus to redeem and restore his broken creation. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we read in Ephesians 1. Praise be to God. And Jesus Christ's work on the cross is a complete work of healing. Jesus Christ has come to break down the wall of sin between Father God and his people. We read in Romans 5, verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died 
for us. Jesus Christ's death on the cross, his resurrection and ascension brings us complete restoration. Just as the sin of Adam brings humanity certain death because of sin, the work of Jesus in redemption brings complete restoration. In Christ, we once again have life. Praise be to God. We are once again image bearers that he created us to be, image bearers of God. We also now reign again in dominion over the earth. We reign with Jesus Christ, the King. And as we learned last week, the anointing flows from his hands into the hands of his followers. And we are restored and anointed ambassadors of King Jesus. Can I hear an amen? Amen. He is so good. In Romans 5, 17, for if by the trespass of the one man, Adam, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So the next step in this theological progression is the return of Jesus Christ. We're waiting, right? We, we read in Psalm 130, we wait like watchmen, wait for the morning. We are waiting for the return of Jesus. And all of God's people will see healing fully realized in the return of Christ. Here lie some of our questions. What kind of questions might we come here this morning with? Questions like, does Jesus heal today? Does Jesus really listen to our prayers? Doesn't he already know everything and he's already sovereign and he's going to do what he will? Why should we pray? Why should we ask? Why does God not always answer when we do ask? And there may also be hurts around this topic, such as, I asked and the person for whom I was praying for died or they did not get well. Someone accused me of having a lack of faith, and that's why God didn't answer my prayers. Um, or I have never seen anyone healed before, and I've never witnessed a miracle. So these are very real questions that we have. The truth is, until Christ returns, we are all going to die whether we pray for healing or not, right? That's the truth. Yet God in his infinite wisdom and in his will may choose to heal some people who have physical ailments on this earth before they die eventually. But God is the one who chooses. We don't choose, he does. And this is where I want you to understand the already and the not yet, okay? So we talked about creation, the fall, redemption. When Jesus came, that is the already. When he came, he said, it is finished when he died. He conquered Satan. He, he did it. It is finished. However, there's this time before his second coming. 
And this time is where we are living now, right? And when he comes again in his return, it will be completely finished. But we're in this season where Satan is still alive and well, right? Have you noticed that lately? You see the work of Satan and sin in our world. Gifts of healing and miracles are certainly in the here and now. They certainly are. He gave us that already. But the not yet dimension may help us understand why even when we pray for healing, we do not always see the restoration in this life. We ask, but we surrender the outcome to our sovereign God. Okay? I'm going to give you an example from the Second World War that might help you to understand this concept. It's really an important one when we talk about healing. The beachhead of God had been established but the final victory has not been secured. So on June 6, 1944, when the invasion of Normandy established the Allied beachhead in Europe, Prime Minister Winston Churchill said, the war is over. Churchill knew that much fighting and many more people would die before the, the end, but he knew the war was over because the Allies were now firmly established in Northern Europe. Other Allied soldiers were working their way up through Italy, and the outcome of the war was no longer in doubt. It was sure, okay? That's where we are. We are sure of the outcome of our great God. But the only question was when. On May 8, 1945, almost a whole year later, Victory in Europe Day, or VE Day, was celebrated. On that day, the war in Europe was literally over, and the blessings of peace could be celebrated confidently. When Jesus died and rose again, Jesus established this beachhead on earth, his cry was, truly, it is finished. His atoning work on the cross marked the beginning of the end for Satan. But we're in this time where Satan knows his time is short. And when VE Day, Victory on Earth Day comes, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. Revelation eleven fifteen. So there we took you from Genesis to Revelation, just like that. But we know that in these between times, the war is still raging. We still wrestle against principalities and powers, and we still get sick. We still get depressed. We still get oppressed by the devil, and we succumb to addictions and painful circumstances. 1 Peter 5, 8, we read, Our adversary, the devil, still prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Ephesians 6, 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So this is our reality in the between times. But the good news is God is with us, and he has told us this in Philippians 4.13, we can do all things through him who gives us strength. And now that we've looked at the overview of God's redemptive plan for humankind, let's look now at the Gospels for what Jesus has to say about healing. And let's look at Jesus' amazing example and model that he gives us in the Gospels. The Gospels describe our Lord as going about teaching, preaching, and healing. A little bit louder. Healing. Jesus, our model, went about healing all the sick, any who came to him. He healed them. One-fifth of the verses in the Gospels concern healing. We see from the life of Jesus that healing was a way of life, right? He went from town to town healing. And then he taught and commissioned his 12 disciples that followed him, that went around with him. And what did he do? He gave them authority and anointing to go and do what Jesus did. And then he sent out the 72, and the 72 went out and did what Jesus did. It was a regular component of the life of the early church for 300 years. Healings are also known in the Bible as signs and wonders. Signs, we've talked about that before, a sign points to something else, right? What does a sign of healing point to? Sign points beyond themselves to the kingdom of God, and wonders cause us to marvel at God's love and majestic power to heal us and those we pray for. Healings, as important and wonderful as they are, they point past themselves. They are a sign pointing to the healer himself. We are not to get caught up on the healings. We are to get caught up on the healer. I am in awe of the healer. Every time I witness a sign, wonder, um, or miracle of healing, it brings me deeper in my love relationship with Jesus. Healing is first and foremost rooted in the love of God for his children, right? And we are never to separate healing from love of God, or even our love for the persons we're praying for. Um, we read in Matthew 9, 35 through 36, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. It was always out of his deep compassion. No other reason Jesus healed. 
out of his deep love and compassion. We read in Luke 5, 17, and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. That's kind of an interesting verse. I wasn't going to expound on that in any way, but think about that. Jesus, who is God, was anointed with the Spirit at his baptism, and he did not heal until after that, those three years after his baptism, was when he went about doing this ministry. Why? Because he was empowered with the Holy Spirit. That's good news for you and me, because we too are empowered with the Holy Spirit. So we can do the works that Jesus did. Jesus walked around and um, healed, but there were places where he couldn't do any miracles. And why was that? He's God. He's Jesus. He's filled with the Spirit. But there was a certain thing that he discerned was missing in some places, and that important thing is faith. So there's love and faith are always connected with healing and miracles. Mark 6 5 through 6, Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Jesus discerned when faith was present to heal. For example, the faith of the friends who brought the paralytic man down from the roof and set him before them. He said, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And note here, the faith was in the four friends, not necessarily the paralytic. So faith is somewhere in the equation, not necessarily the sick person. Sometimes it's my faith or your faith. And we pray in faith, believing for God to heal. Here's some more um, examples of faith in the Gospels. Matthew 9, 2, when Jesus saw their... Oh, I said that one already. Um, faith was seen in the leper who questioned his own worthiness to be healed. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Luke 5, 12. And praise Jesus, he was miraculously healed of leprosy. Jesus said to the centurion and his servant, Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. Matthew 8, 13. And Jesus told the two blind men, according to your faith, it will be done to you. Matthew 9, 29. So we see that love and faith are crucial. But we believe not in faith healing. This is important. We believe not in faith healing, but we, we believe faith in Jesus the healer, okay? Very important not to lose sight of Jesus the healer is not dependent upon any person having the power. <laughs> the power is entirely 100% God Almighty, okay? So healing, miracles, and deliverance rest upon the mercy and sovereignty of God. 
and faith is the medium of God's work in the world. Yet faith itself is a gift from the one who chooses to work his good pleasure. I find this to be quite a paradox, that faith and belief are essential to our prayers for healing, but yet God determines the outcome, okay? We often don't want to hear this, but sometimes suffering in God's sovereignty is the greater good. I sometimes um, thank the Lord that he didn't answer my prayer sometimes because he knew something I didn't know. He always does, right? And he knows best. He knows what's best for us. And sometimes what's best for us is not to do what we ask for. Yeah. Paul writes from prison, Philippians 1, 19 through 21, for I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but I will have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. All right. So now we're going to take it down one more notch to, um, from the church in the Gospels, the Word of God. We're going to look at the church today. We are to do the works of Jesus Christ. Believe it? So if Jesus spent most of his time healing, do you think we're supposed to pray for healing? I hope you all say yeah. (laughs) Because um, he is our example. We as a vibrant, spirit-filled church of Jesus are to understand that God did not just call a few of us to healing ministry, but he has called all who bear the name of Christ to do as he did. Jesus sent his 12, he sent his 72, and Jesus sends us. He sends the church of Jesus Christ to do his work. He invites us to cooperate with his Holy Spirit according to his will and join him in his amazing work. I'd like to read Matthew 10 from the message. Might be a little different take than what you've heard before. Jesus called 12 of his followers, and he sent them into the ripe fields. He gave them power to kick out the evil spirits and to tenderly care for the bruised and hurt lives. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. Don't think you have to put on a fundraising campaign before you start. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment. It's true. Mark 16, 17 through 18, these are some of the signs that will accompany believers. They will lay hands on the sick and make them well through the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, we get to participate in God's amazing work of healing. 
Some of the ways that happens is God gives us the gifts we need. We read in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of the one in the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So he gives us gifts. We are also to ask. We are called to pray for healing for the sick. I always say, it's kind of scary to ask because you don't know the outcome and you don't want to hurt anybody. But if we don't ask, the chances of us seeing the healing are a lot less than if we do ask, right? That just kind of makes sense, <laughs> cause and effect. So let's partner with Jesus, the healer, and ask in faith for God's will to be done in the person we pray for. Luke 11, uh, 9 and 10, also from the message. Here's what I'm saying. Ask and you'll get it. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will open. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. Pretty simple. So there's a barrier I want to talk about because I think this is something that has gotten in the way of the church being... Um, healers in this world today through Jesus Christ, because in some streams of healing ministry, people bring a certain sickness before God, and they claim Jesus as the healer of the sin that caused the sickness, and then they claim the healing for that specific sickness. And then if we don't see healing, it's because there's still barriers, or we don't have enough faith. A lot of people have been hurt by that. I've been hurt by that. Um, my mom died when I was 18, and my dad was the pastor, so we were pretty well known in the community, and some people in the community came and told us, you didn't have enough faith or your mother wouldn't have died. That really helps. <laughs> of course not, right? So don't go there. Don't, don't ever put that on anybody. Remember I said it's faith in the healer. Jesus has all the ability and power to heal. And it's, the outcome is up to his great wisdom and sovereignty. Okay? But I want to teach you from a reformed understanding of healing, and I believe this is that reformed understanding, that we come before God with our sickness, and God has a heart for renewal and restoration. Remember we talked about how he created us in his image in Genesis. That's his intention. That's his heart. He wants us to be healed. We seek the Father's will through the work of Christ, and we join him in his work of healing by cooperating with the Holy Spirit. 
in his work. You see the difference? Okay, we're not going to name it, we're not going to claim it, we're going to seek the healer and ask him to heal. And in his wisdom and sovereignty, he just might. <laughs> we offer our prayer in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. John 15, <coughs> 16, 13 through 15, back to the NIV. Jesus tells us how we can cooperate with God's work on this earth through prayer. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me. This is Jesus speaking. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So we listen, we cooperate with the Holy Spirit of God as we pray for others. He gives us insight and knowledge and wisdom. We read about all those gifts, right? That's why I read them all. It's not just a gift of healing and miracles. We need them all to understand how to pray the Father's heart. You know, sometimes we're not to pray for healing. And I've had to discern that many times. And one of the most hurtful times was my own father. He was given a diagnosis of myelogenous leukemia, and he was um, gone within two weeks. But I asked the Lord. I mean, I was already at that time praying for other people for healing. And the Lord said, no, it's his time. It was his time to go. And I asked my dad. and. I said, how are you feeling about this, this um, word that, you know, you're not going to live very long? And he said, I am filled with joy. <laughs> he couldn't wait to meet his Savior. So who am I to go then into that place and pray for God to heal him? No. God was going to give him the ultimate healing, and he did. He, uh, he went to be with Jesus so we discern, right? We discern rightly, are we to pray for healing or not? I don't always get it. I will, I will confess I don't always know. And then I usually will err on the side of asking anyway. Because remember I said, if we don't ask, we might not receive. Ask and you will receive. So there's several different types of healing. I don't want you to leave today just thinking it's about physical healing. Because Jesus comes and heals all kinds of healings, all kinds of parts of the person. He alone knows what we need even more than we do. So many times I've prayed for people to receive one sort of healing, and God in his wisdom and sovereignty gives a different kind of healing. And I don't have time to give you a bunch of stories, but I'll tell you a lot of them if you, if you want to ask me. But physical healing... Um, many records of that are in the New Testament. Jesus used different approaches, and I learned from this too. Um, sometimes he rebuked, as in Peter's mother-in-law's fever. He rebuked that fever. Sometimes he touched, and we have that ability also that there's healing touch. Um, sometimes he spoke a word. Sometimes he commanded authoritatively, especially when he was commanding wicked spirits to leave. He even spit in the dirt. Now, how's that for a technique? 
I haven't tried that one yet. We must not get locked into the technique, okay? That's, that's the point. There is no one technique. It's listen to the Spirit of God and do what he says. All right? Listen to the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Spiritual healing is the first and foremost kind of healing, even way above physical healing, is that the restoration of our relationship with God the Father, right? It's the most basic form of healing and the beginning of all other healing. Spiritual sickness may also be manifested in habitual sins, such as addictions, alcoholism, and sin may be the block to other healing. Isaiah 59, 2, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So you see, we do have to do some cleanup sometimes in order to come before him for another type of healing that we, that we are, are asking for. Inner healing is a part of the process of undoing the hurtful effects of sin, our own sin, but also sin that has been done to us. And lots of times innocent children have sins done to them and it, it, it has broken them and shattered the image of God within them. And Jesus comes and heals the wounded child within us. That is inner healing. I've, I've gone to people, with people, to God to pray for one of those things, like they came to me for a physical healing, but God brought an inner healing, or God brought a spiritual healing. He knows better than we do. And the, last, or the next one is deliverance from evil spirits. We read, read about that in the Gospels, right? He cast out a lot of demonic spirits. And while we ought not to jump to the conclusion that the devil is the cause of every affliction and sickness, we really need to recognize that we live in these between times when Satan is very active. And even as Christians, we can be oppressed by the devil. Okay? Um, this world we live in is largely influenced by the demonic, and deliverance may well be needed for the person to be healed, even if the person is a Christian. Remember the first time I saw that, my friend who was a Christian had some wicked spirits cast out of him, and I was shocked. I had no idea that could happen. But scripture again tells us we are not struggling against flesh and blood, but with spiritual forces of evil. And the last one I want to mention is relational healing. In the process of our restoration of our ability to both give and receive love, various relationships can be broken. John 14, 15, in Jesus' last hours with his disciples, he speaks about the love for his Father and his followers and about our love for him and for each other. He commands us to love one another. And forgiveness of others is often a very important and necessary step to receive healing. As a healing minister, I will tell you that's probably one of the things I do the most is lead people through forgiveness of someone or um, some many sometimes uh, 
people who have hurt them. And when we get that out of the way, often the other healing can come. So in conclusion, what are we supposed to do with all this information? What are we as Discovery Church doing about healing? So I want to just review the things that I've seen that we do, uh, that we already do. Uh, We faithfully pray for each other throughout the week as the requests are given on the clipboards and distributed in the the daily MailChimp that I mentioned earlier. That is really important that we are interceding as a church body for each other. And many times we are asking for healing, aren't we? There's many things that come up that people are struggling with and we are interceding. That's very important. I was going through some files um, this week and I, and I realized I had all these documents and files 20 years ago of that I established a healing prayer ministry at Discovery Church. And it ebbed and flowed a bit where for a while we were praying for people every week and then um, now I will tell you I still am praying for people, whoever asks. You come and we, I gather a team, it's not a, a one-person ministry, I have a team and we pray for people for usually a couple of hours and God goes through all of these things that I mentioned to help bring people to freedom, to bring people healing and wholeness. And that's still available. We offer short prayers every single Sunday. We are available to pray for anyone who comes um, to the back where we have, we have a prayer team. And you know, everything that happens in, in prayer is confidential, so it's part of why you don't know the good stuff that happens back there, but God really touches people, and sometimes like people are really healed in our little short prayer in the back. So know that and feel welcomed and come. And traditionally, I would say, we have corporately gathered around those in our church family who are suffering, right? We've done that many times. We, we bring you up front and we, we ask the people to gather around and we anoint with oil, we lay on of hands, and we pray in faith for our God to work his healing. And we are going to do that today. We have um, a unique opportunity to practice this immediately. And I've been in conversation with Pastor Paul and, and Renee and asked them, you know, how do you want us to pray? Because remember I said discern And when I visited you in the hospital, you wanted us to pray that 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 tumor would be surgically able to be removed. And so we prayed that way. And it was. Answers to prayers. It was was beautifully contained and removed. And if you look in your bulletin, there are some specific things that Paul has asked for prayers for, for for the radiation that he will start next week to be effective and all of those things. And I also asked Paul, do you want us to pray for a miracle? And he said, yeah. So we've got that opportunity today. And I hope that 
in listening to me talk about this and give you the theological reasons why we should do it, that your hearts are stirred, that faith is present for God to heal today, as, as we read in the scriptures, that, that the, the Spirit of God was present. He is here with us. The Spirit of God is present. So I'm going to close in a, a prayer, and then we'll invite Paul up, and we'll all come around and, and pray. Let's pray. Dear gracious, magnificent, powerful God Almighty, we are in awe of you. We are in awe of your beautiful plan of redemption, that you did not leave us in our sin to be just tossed every which way by evil in this world, but you gave us Jesus Christ to come and bear the the effects of all of our sin, that he took it on himself as he hung on that cross and died for us and for complete forgiveness of all of our sins. This is the God we come before today. Your deep love and compassion that you did that. God the Father gave his only son. Imagine that. And then the only son knew his purpose and plan was to suffer and die. And he succumbed to that. He succumbed to the Father's will so that we could be here, not destitute in those between times, but with hope and courage and life and wholeness and healing. And we will receive it all when you come again. We praise you, Lord God Almighty. We thank you. We worship you, for you alone are worthy. And we pray presence of Christ, that you fill our sanctuary today. As we gather around, I call him our beloved Pastor Paul, after um, just who he is. We love him so much, Lord. He is first and foremost your beloved. And we pray in your name and we line ourselves with your will, and we ask that you will come in power. Direct our prayers. Holy Spirit, give us your prayers to pray. In Jesus' name, amen.